I'm sure you've already heard about the recent outbreak of measles in the United States. And at the time I put this episode together, there were over 800 cases reported, most of them coming out of New York, but over 20 states were affected. By the time you hear this episode, those numbers might be even higher. The current record of measles cases stands at 963 reported across the United States in 1994. The current outbreak is still the largest since the disease was declared eliminated in the year 2000. In this episode of Chats with Gigi, I'm bringing in the experts to talk about what exactly are the measles, considering that so many doctors out there have never had to deal with this disease one-on-one since it has been eradicated and previous outbreaks have been minimal. We're also going to discuss what are the symptoms and how to keep your family safe. And in that process, we have to touch upon vaccines as well as anti-vaxxers, which is the common name for moms that decide not to vaccinate their children for fear of vaccination leading to an autism diagnosis. We're clearing everything up for you on this episode. This is Chats with Gigi, catching up with your favorite celebrities and bringing in experts to chat about the topics that are important to you. Share your thoughts on this and every episode using the hashtag chats with Gigi. Are you ready? Here we go. Let's get started with this episode of Chats with Gigi, talking about vaccinations. While there has been an increase in the rate of vaccinations in the United States in the last 10 years, there has also been an increase in refusal to vaccinate of nearly 70% for children that have been born in 2013 compared to those kids born in 2010. And in fact, when we're talking about this measles outbreak, the refusal rates were the highest in the states with the worst outbreaks. New York at 8.4% refusal to vaccinate, Washington at 7%, and Oregon at 6.8% in refusal to vaccinate. So joining me right now to discuss This topic further and how it pertains to children is pediatrics doctor Jacob Seligson from the Hollywood location of Pediatrics Associates. Talk to me about the causes of this outbreak. Well, this particular outbreak, unfortunately, has been caused by a movement of non-vaccination or what we call anti-vaxxers. When you get a certain clump in the community where people are not vaccinated, These diseases that we've gotten rid of for many years, thanks to the vaccination, of course, come back due to international travel. The usual magic number is you need about 90, 92 percent of the population to be vaccinated for it not to just come back and take over. Once you start falling below that magic threshold of, let's say, 92-ish percent, diseases come back and they come back hard and fast like we're seeing with the measles. And there is a new study that says that the refusals to vaccinate have increased by 70%. That's a crazy number. They have, uh, and it's very unfortunate. I mean, I happen to be the president of the Broward County Pediatric Society, and we are trying to introduce legislation so that parents cannot opt out of vaccinating, meaning the only way a child can opt out of it is through a medical exemption, not a religious one and not a philosophical one. That's a pretty touchy topic, though, because I'm sure there's a lot of parents out there who don't want legislation to have anything to say in the way that they raise their children or the decisions that they make with their kids at home. What do you say to those parents? Well, that's a great question. Um, the answer is pretty straightforward. I mean, we look at it like smoking and the seatbelt. You don't have to wear your seatbelt, but if a police officer stops you, it's a $50 fine. Big brother knows best. 
Same thing with smoking. Years ago, people could smoke, but then in the restaurants and all of the public places, uh, you aren't allowed to, or there were separate designated smoking sections. So I tell all the parents, you're right. You do have a right to protect your own child and do what's best, but what's best is actually vaccinating them to protect them and vaccinating them so they don't serve as a vessel or a carrier to spread these horrible diseases to other innocent small children who are partially vaccinated or who are babies who are not fully vaccinated or the immune compromised or the elderly or people on chemo or with any kind of immune suppression who really can't get vaccinated. This is why everybody needs to do it. We need a buy-in from everybody. Okay, I can see that. But what about the anti-vaxxers that have chosen not to vaccinate their kids because they believe that vaccinations can lead to an autism diagnosis? What do you say to them? Well, I can tell you a few things. I'm very glad you've asked. I mean, I'm a father, a proud father of four beautiful daughters who are fully vaccinated. And I can tell you that there's no scientific evidence thus far to back up any cause or any link between any vaccine and autism. What I think happens is a lot of times autism presents itself at 12 or 15 or 18 months. The child's really not talking or communicating, and a parent will notice this at 12, 15, or 18 months. Coincidentally, it's the same time that the MMR or measles shot is given. So naturally, a parent would assume that A caused B, the vaccine caused it. But what some parents don't know is that a lot of these... Uh, what we call neurodegenerative syndromes, such as autism, and there's a few others like Rett syndrome and other conditions, the child is actually fine up to a certain point, let's say a year, a year and a half, and then they regress neurologically and they do go backwards. These syndromes were documented in medical textbooks way before vaccines were ever invented. It's not as if they were invented in the books to cover up for something. So the data was there before. And basically... Uh, when you take a child with autism, the example I sometimes give parents is, well, if you bought him a tricycle for the one-year birthday, would you say the tricycle then caused his autism? No, of course not. That would be absurd, but it's just putting it into perspective. And the other thing is there's always uh, a parental gray zone with the child's communication, I think, up to age two. But let us not forget that we give that second measles shot, the MMR, at age four, I have never heard a parent complain that the child was fine up until age four, then the MMR or measles shot was given, then he regressed. So clearly, if it was harmful at age one, it would be harmful at age four, which never comes up. That's something I think parents need to know, that uh, there's a certain percent of autism, let's say 10, 15, 20 percent, that is regressive, where the children are supposed to be fine up until a point, and then they go backwards. But of course, there's no link to the vaccine. There never was, and I don't think there ever will be. Let's move on to what the measles actually looks like. What are the symptoms? What do parents need to look out for? And what should they do if, God forbid, they find these symptoms in their community or in their own children at home? Great question. The beginning, uh, the measles starts out like a cold. We call it the three C's, cough, coryza, and conjunctivitis, meaning you'll get a cough and cold. You'll get coryza, uh, which is really uh, the runny nose and everything, and you'll get pink eye conjunctivitis. Then... After that, what it's followed by are what we call coplic spots in the mouth, which are really red spots in the back of your throat. Uh -huh. uh, some parents may not be able to see that, we know. But then after that, we get what they call the notorious measles rash, 
where a rash starts uh, at the top on the head and works its way down the body as if uh, someone poured paint over the child's head. And what do we do if we see these symptoms in our community or if we see our children displaying symptoms like this? Well, first step, hands down, make sure the children are vaccinated. The vaccine is given at 12 to 15 months and then again at age four. If anyone does suspect the measles, please tell your doctor right away the child needs to be quarantined and there's no specific anti-measles antibody we have So it's really just reducing the spread because a cough or a sneeze with the measles virus can last in the air for several hours. It's not just immediate. It could stay in the air if you're at the mall, the airport for hours. That's why we urge everyone to be vaccinated. It's super contagious. Thank you so much. That was Dr. Jacob Seligson with Hollywood Pediatric Associates. And to get deeper specifically on how infectious this disease can be, I have Patsy Stinchfield joining us. She's a nurse and the vice president of the National Foundation for Infectious Diseases. Patsy, talk to me, girl. What do we need to look out for? Well, I think be aware of your own community. When we look at measles in the United States now, we're up to uh, 23 different states have measles, but it tends to be in pockets of communities who are under immunized. So you might want to check your school. Is your school have a high immunization rate? And we need about 95% or higher to be vaccinated to prevent a spread within a school or within a city or a state. And so looking at your own family, is everybody been vaccinated. Um, Thinking about pregnant women too, a a woman who's pregnant who gets measles can have um, an early baby who's born premature. They they tend to be born um, small and they have significant problems. So making sure that you're taking care of your own immediate family and looking at your community as well. Patsy, in your professional opinion, what do you think has caused this measles outbreak? Well, I think that the reason we're seeing measles do this big jump uh, in 2017, there were only 120 cases in the United States, and here we are just in the first five months in 2019, we're up over 839 cases. And there's two reasons. One is um, international travel, um, because the United States has eliminated measles, and most of the cases that we're seeing are being imported from other parts of the world. And they're the measles cases are increasing in Europe, which had a triple amount of measles in this last year, as well as Israel, Venezuela, some places that have had some public health um, decay, um, making sure that we have a strong public health infrastructure and supporting our um, scientists and doctors and nurses who know the science and can say, yes, measles vaccine is safe. That's what we want to make sure that we're following. So it's the two things of international travel and then meeting up with these pockets of unimmunized, and they tend to be unimmunized because of fears of vaccines, and those fears are really unfounded. Having worked in this business for over 30 years, I can say I vaccinated my own children, and I hope other parents vaccinate their children as well. Patsy Stinchfield, thank you so much for joining us. She is the Vice President of the National Foundation for Infectious Diseases. I want to hear from you, though. I want to hear from you. If you're a mother or a father and you have opted out of vaccinating your children, I want to know your story. Please leave it in the comments or use the hashtag chats with Gigi on your favorite social media platform. I want to know if you're a mom that chose to vaccinate your children. Is your child on the spectrum? Is he or she not on the spectrum? I want to know your story. I want you to share it with me. Find me on Instagram at Gigi Diaz Live or use that hashtag chat with Gigi. 
Let's talk. I want this to be a forum that is educational to all. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Chats with Gigi. I'm Gigi Diaz. And next week on the podcast, we're going to talk about wedding planning. Yes, let's cheer this thing up a little bit. We're going to talk about wedding planning because I'm planning my wedding and I'm losing my damn mind. <laughs> and I want to help out those other brides out there who are also in the planning process or future brides. If you're soon to be engaged, if you think it's about to pop the question, <laughs> you definitely want to listen to this episode. I've got experts coming in to talk about the tips and tricks to stick to that budget, to save money, to talk about what to rent versus what to buy and all sorts of other planning tips. Make sure you subscribe to Chats with Gigi on your favorite podcasting platform so you know next Thursday at what time exactly that wedding planning episode is going to drop. Talk to you soon.